What's up, everybody? This is Paul Doski from the Everything Horror Podcast. It has been a long time. Um, I apologize. And unfortunately, we had an unexpected event that occurred over October, which we ended up losing one of our fur babies of 14 years. So we had to take some time off to recover from that. But we did adopt a brand new baby who is now 11 weeks old he was nine weeks when we first got him and he's all black and an honor to our fallen little fur baby his name is now cinder with a y and tessa is here but she's still cooping and she wants to sit out for now because of it but i understand her wishes and I just figured it's time to come back. And I always give you guys something with uh, the show. Um, speaking of show, uh, this wasn't going to be a roundtable, but a couple people ended up bailing out on us because of personal issues beyond our control. But I do have with me none other than Ken Artuse from DK Mag, who has a very interesting topic. And we'll just go diving right in with Ken as he takes the floor. Hey, salutations and thank you for having me. Hey, so uh, was I plan C or plan B here for your roundtable? Plan <laughs> B. Uh, it's good that you thought of me and uh, I'm always glad to be on your your podcast. And the topic I have is an interesting one and it is zombie films and the evolution of zombie films and that in itself hosts different topics right there like for example slow moving zombies versus fast moving zombies and not only that but does the new theme which is the infection theme found in 28 days later does that constitute as a zombie film? My opinion, and it doesn't, it's a rethinking of a viral outbreak, which goes back to zombie uh, theme in general. And also the fast moving zombies. I've heard so many times that zombies shouldn't be running because if they're dead and or decomposing, their muscles and joints and bone structure wouldn't make them faster. They will, in fact, be slower because they don't have the mechanics as a living person does. And I say to that, well, it's a movie. It's fiction. Hey, whatever ups the ante for something that it's scary. I don't find slow moving zombies scary. So, Paul, uh, what? Is, first, let's begin. Fast-moving zombies with slow-moving zombies. That was the first evolution right there. What do you think about that debate? Well, I think we got first introduced with slow-moving zombies with the classic film Night of the Living Dead, which actually just celebrated its 50th anniversary. And, um, you know... It's when we you got to think like when that came out 50 years ago, that had to been scary 
and you know, because you're you're finally seeing a zombie film, and that is slow walkers. Um, I don't even think they just they even named them like they had a specific name, or did they even call them zombies? I think they were just calling them like the living dead or something, like pun intended. But um, I really, honestly, don't remember right now. Like, if they even could even figure out what was going on in that film. But that, to me, was like the first introduction to the slow-moving zombies. And that, for me, too, um, even though we're talking film, but I'm thinking also, like, video game-wise, which is, like, Resident Evil, where we had this dumb, slow-moving zombies as well. And then we get stuff like World War Z, which kind of gave us um, the running zombies, and that is interesting, because, I mean, I thought zombies were dumb, and in this case, it almost seemed like they evolved to not just running, but to be able to climb on top of each other to overcome a gigantic wall. <laughs> so, and then not only that, but you get a nice shot in the film of how badly these zombies want to eat you because they're trampling over each other, just trying to run downstairs. And um, I guess that would be interesting. I mean, it just, I mean, I guess they were trying to make it scary. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think what you're trying to get at too is Maybe it could have been too much. Maybe they were trying too hard, but um, I'm not quite sure. Right, and and for that instance, I would World War Z was a debacle in my personal opinion, and I would love to hear anyone's else opinion listening to this podcast. It, in my opinion, it was a debacle. Why CGI zombies don't work, and that scene that you had mentioned, Paul, and th another scene where the zombies climb each other and take out a helicopter. I, when I was watching this, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? It just, it's idiotic. It doesn't make sense. And the fast-moving zombies of Dawn of the Dead, we could also go into jump into a different topic, which we're not. But the remake, Dawn of the Dead, truly excels here we have fast moving zombies and really up the action uh the horror you know if you're not fast enough these zombies are going to get you yep fantastic film right i've seen it more than 20 times i i lost count but that's the that's the type of evolution uh, filmmakers are looking for they think to themselves okay slow moving zombies doesn't appeal to today's horror enthusiast you could run around them you could do this you could do that and you'll escape but a fast moving one hmm, that's a different story a horde of, fa of fast moving cannibal corpses huh. I, I tell you even in the video games, you mentioned video game Resident Evil. Uh, wasn't um, which one was it? Dead by Dawn or something like that. That as the sun goes down, 
you have these nocturnal zombie creatures uh, that that's the one hey wow talk about survival horror that that's exciting right there yeah that was a really good game i liked it i enjoyed it the nighttime definitely was the uh the challenge uh, for sure and of course you have the bad video games which is uh dead island those had running zombies as well and it, it just ups the action i think that was a great call whoever came up with that concept and uh, once again for for the viewer they would say zombies are not supposed to run uh yes but we're talking in about a world that werewolves and vampires exist they don't exist but make you know take it as a form of entertainment I agree. And speaking of, think around the topic of video game right now. Now we got a couple video games coming out that involve zombies. One is the Overkill, The Walking Dead. Another one is an actual World War Z video game. And then the finale one that I know of, it which got delayed, I don't know, maybe three or four times now, is Days Gone. Now, Ken, have you heard any of these, and do any of these video games that I just mentioned spark your interest at all? Well, I, I they always spark my interest. The, the fact is, I have no time to play video games at all. Uh, I would love to sit down and play video games again. The only one that I've heard from that list is The Walking Dead. They... I'm not surprised another video game for that franchise. They keep dishing. They're going to milk that franchise until it's bone dry. <laughs> well, it's Overkill now. So I don't know if you're familiar with the studio Overkill, but they created like Payday. Okay. Yeah. Right, I heard of Payday, yes. Yeah, so it's that same studio that creating a uh, four-player uh, Walking Dead game. Huh. Yeah, oh, you'll have to like... check out the trailer because I'm still trying to figure it out if it's supposed to be a survival horror game or a goddamn action game because during a part in the trailer, I'm seeing somebody using like a like a submachine gun or something, and it looks like they have tons of ammo. So it's just like, um, what am I playing? Like Call of Duty or something? Uh, well, that there go there's there it is again. Uh, these zombie games that I grew up with involved thinking and crafting weapons and uh, using your resources. Now it's totally different, and it's went is gone to the world of Call of Duty. And sure, I could understand you want to add the action to a horror video game, but I don't want to play multiplayer Call of Duty Nazi zombies. It just doesn't make sense for me. There's no entertainment there. I used to like playing the uh, Call of Duty zombies a long time ago, like with uh, World War. I like that one. That was like when they first introduced zombies. Black Ops and Black Ops 2 weren't bad either, but I remember Black Ops 2 was, like, the game that, like, uh, 
did it did uh, did it for me for the last DLC because that last DLC for zombies for the, doing the Easter egg was a pain in the fucking ass. Oh wow! <laughs> like it was ridiculous. Um, for those of you that may remember, it's where the DLC was. You were in like a World War Two or something like uh, area or something where you had to do like the challenges and on top of that you had to charge the uh staff then you had to go inside the big ass robotic machine that came walking across the map you had to actually go in it in the uh shoe or his feet and you had to actually shoot under his feet because otherwise you could just get crushed to death (laughs) and um I'm like, I don't remember really too much of anything else. I just know that that DLC did it for me. I was so pissed after that uh, we finally got that Easter egg. I said, I never want to play this game ever again now because of this DLC. It was so <laughs> bad. Hey, that happens. That I could understand uh, that point of view. Uh, but for for zombies and video games i the best multiplayer to date and it's unfortunate that the developers didn't keep up with it was left for dead it has story it has uh good characters and the multiplayer is fantastic it's unfortunate that it didn't continue but in comparison to that zombie game, to Call of Duty, it's totally different because you, you have a goal. You have different levels that you need to go. I've played the Call of Duty zombie game, and it's just you, you're running around in a circle, shooting the zombies on one map. It's just I, I'd rather watch paint dry on a wall than to play that again. Well... Good news is they're supposedly going to be coming out with Left 4 Dead 4. Um, I don't know anything else more about it except for that it looks like it's going to be coming to uh, console besides just Xbox. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we hear more sometime down the road. I mean... Yeah, you... I've been hearing, I've been hearing oh. that rumor for a while now. I'm just yeah. waiting to see. Well, another game that I wouldn't mind checking out, which I've seen a few people play for zombie wise, is uh, State of Decay. Right, right, yeah, that's that's a different approach to the zombie genre, in which it's more. Tact- not tactical, uh, planning. You have to plan your resources. Uh, if that's the same one I'm thinking about, you got to plan your resources, build your community, so on and so forth. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen quite a for for the video game um, arena. There's so many great ideas there. I'm just wish Hollywood would, you know cater to these ideas take take a page from the video game community 
and create something worthwhile uh, instead of doing these reboots. And please, no sequel to World War Z. Please, no. <laughs> and leave Brad Pitt out of it, too. He's, come on, once a film has a big major name to it, uh, I know it's a piece of crap. And that goes for, uh, let's see. Yeah, pr practically every film that has a big major get 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 a B movie actor or get an actor that is not so popular. That's why uh, going back to Dawn of the Dead, you have Ving Rhames, you have a Hoka. I could even go into INDB. These actors weren't so popular, and after Dawn of the Dead, you see what eight out of ten of them. They went on to bigger projects. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, that movie helped boost their um, their um, stardom, I guess. A stardom. Oh, God. Like, you know, it boosted their uh, their name. So they became recognizable. And so people were like, oh, we need to get him or her on here because they're very well known so that might help too and yeah yeah i still find it difficult to see the asshole in that movie went on to go into the comedy series uh i, I still see him as that guy from dawn of the dead but he has a successful role in that tv series what is it the family tv series i forgot the name of it right now Hmm. Now, are we talking the guy that did that played as the sniper there on the rooftop? No, that's Andy. See, I even remembered his name. Okay. Uh, Andy. No, he, I, as a matter of fact, Andy stars in Strange Nature, which just released a couple of weeks ago. That's a cool film that has a good social commentary. I, I really enjoyed that one. Huh. Uh, where can you find that? Oh, that's available on video on demand. Uh, all the platforms, iTunes, Amazon. Uh, yeah, that's the only ones I know. Uh, yeah, so that one. Uh, we even covered a interview with the director and also a film review on that one. And I didn't notice at the time when I saw the actor who portrayed Andy, he was in it and a good role too. He's uh, the protagonist's grandfather. I was like, oh, wow, look at that. That's an extra treat. I didn't know about that. Hmm. Interesting. Now, so this is going back to another game that I just mentioned uh just because i want to i want to hear your take on this so besides just regular zombies that we know which are human now how how would you feel about zombie animals that's different because that's that's a that's an area that hasn't been touched on and i always wondered in the zombie apocalypse and all these movies why aren't the animals contaminated? And sometimes we see the dogs walking about or, well, in The Walking Dead, 
the horses become lunch. But you don't see the horse get up and attack a human to eat his flesh. I would like to see that. That's different. Well, the reason why I brought that up is because we kind of seen, you know, the zombie dog from Red and Evil. We've, uh, we're going to be seeing a freaking zombie bear in the video game Days Gone. So no that's way. why. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I kind of brought that up because I remembered the Days Gone trailer where they ended the gameplay where he is about to go up against the zombie bear. And this zombie oh, bear looks yeah. terrifying a little bit because it's just like, you know, you you already got to think. A, a bear is already a freaking killing machine as there is. But a zombie bear, like, oh, man. What? <laughs> that, oh, come on. I can't take that seriously. <laughs> dude, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, like, what? I guess... I guess maybe it was more decayed or something. I don't know. I just, I just, there's something off still about it too. But yes, there's going to be zombie bears and days gone. <laughs> and there is, in fact, gameplay footage of it. That's funny. And one area in the zombie genre that I find that has its ups and downs is zombie, uh, the comedy zombie films. Some some are successful, of course. We have Shaun of the Dead, yep. And but Hollywood doesn't seem to get a grip on how to mix a zombie film with comedy. The only one is Zombieland, and they're trying their best to bring that back. I say, okay, it's cool. You could bring that back, but what about creating a different? zombie comedy something else or uh you why do we need woody harrelson and the other cast bring someone else in and make a sequel a spinoff or something um i actually there was an old film i saw it was part of the eight films to die for if anybody remembers that um it was called zombies of mass destruction that was actually a comedy. I thought that was pretty well done. I, uh, there was a part, if I remember correctly, where one of the main protagonists brought their friend over to, like, talk to his mother about something. And, like, they were trying to eat dinner or something. And all I just remember is, like, that's when the mother all of a sudden starts turning and freaking out and, like, starts puking. And it's just it's just really funny. And, like, they, I thought they did it pretty cool. I mean, it was definitely indie B-rated stuff. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. But if anybody can get a hold of that movie to check out, if you haven't already, that's one I would recommend for sure. Shaun of the Dead is another great one. Zombie Land. I can't wait for Zombie Land Two. Um, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I I can't wait for Zombie Land Two as well, but I just don't see how they were waiting just to get the whole cast together. Their their careers evolved tremendously. 
And I just hope that the resources doesn't go into their paycheck. And then we forget, hey, wow, we need some practical effects to make these zombies look convincing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh, speaking of the work convincing, yes, I, I'll go back to what you were saying earlier about CGI. The only time CGI is even good is if it's very little and it's really not noticeable. That's it. But if you can spot out that it's CGI, then it kind of ruins the whole entire movie. And um, there's plenty of movies where I've watched and the CGI just takes you away from the actual film. Like, you can't take it serious. And then you get some other good practical effects, like The Void. And, um, oh, man, what was that other good one that I watched? I guess I'm drawing a brain fart right now, but I definitely remember The Void really well. That practical effect was really good. Right. And, hey... I do enjoy those zombie films from yesteryear that had tremendous amounts of violence. Because remember, the zombie apocalypse is not a happy thing. Uh, You're going to see dismemberment and blood splatter. Uh, One film, I just watched it this morning because I was just in the mood to watch it, is Le Horde. And that's a French horror film, zombie film. Uh, I would even watch it without subtitles. That's how great it is. It's from France, and from beginning to end, it's just pure blood splatter, survival horror. I would, it's it. They took a page out of a video game and they made it into a movie. That's how good it is. Wow. Um, and th- that film has fast moving zombies once again uh, i particularly enjoy the fast moving zombie it just enhances everything and which leads me to the next topic here versus zombie films are they related 28 days later i i hear it all the time that people put those those films into the zombie category but it's like okay how they are infected with a rabid disease that makes them violent. You don't see them biting or eating flesh. It's through human contact, which is bodily fluids, that they become infected. And it's plausible. It could happen. Yeah. That's almost saying, let's throw in cabin fever into the category, too. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's like a whole different thing like once again because you know it involved the uh the water this time something about right. the water so right. and that's, that's plausible that could happen too anything that has to do with the viral outbreak making humans deteriorate or making humans rabid it's it it could and that's the scary part right there yes yeah we just don't we we could actually create the zombie apocalypse ourselves anyway i mean we we probably almost have anyway like a couple times i mean there has been talks about fake stories about oh my god 
real zombies are here upon us and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it is quite scary, though, of what is really out there or what is really something we could create that could cause some type of malfunction to the human body to make us become a walking dead, I guess, for lack of better phrasing. But I mean, I mean, it's, it's science. I mean, somewhere along the line, somebody's going to go, it's science. And that's how the zombie apocalypse in the real world is going to happen. <laughs> because somebody was just curious of how they could make an actual living dead person. Right. Well, there have been cases. I I strongly agree that the cases did hit uh, the news, mainstream news, and the government or the powers that be covered it up so quickly and people just gobbled it up. There was one instance in Florida where a homeless man was eating another man's face and the cops shot at this individual at close times right and he he didn't go down and it wasn't until they did a headshot that he fell down and there was videotape evidence of this what did they say uh bath salts what the fuck is bath salts who came up with that what is that that was the most quickest excuse they've come up with ever. And after that, there were two other cases which they blamed on bath salts. And then all of a sudden, nothing. You don't hear no other quote-unquote bath salt incident or somebody eating each uh, uh, someone else's face. Like, what happened? Wh where did this go? I think that was uh, some type of tinkering and we were going to have a zombie apocalypse there. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember that now that you said when you brought that up, Florida incident up. Uh, there definitely was another one that involved, um, I think it was a plane. I think there was another out, quote unquote outbreak on a plane. I don't know if you heard of that one. But the one, I think the second case was a roommate or something like that, and he was eating his roommate's face. And once again, he or she—I don't recall—they stopped him with the with the headshot. So I'm like, okay, what is going on here? But that was so hush hush. It was so isolated that the news reports just stopped. Well, it's funny. I guess know more than what we can get out of them, I guess. Right. And another thing that really, it's actual fact, you could find this in the government files, uh, Google it, you'll find it. It's in the directory of our own government that they have a protocol for a zombie apocalypse. Uh, martial law, who would respond uh FEMA, what would how would they set things up? I was like, what? This is how? Why? What do these government people know that we don't know? Hmm. Well, like I said, I mean 
Well, let's look at it like this. So, you know, the, the government finally came out about UFOs. Yes, they're real. Yes, they've been experimenting or whatever and stuff with Area 51 and all that jazz. So, the way I look at it now is could that have started the whole like, okay, well, now we don't need to be hush-hush anymore about the UFOs because now because of this quote-unquote zombie outbreak that we were just talking about with these weird incidents uh, going around, which we don't hear from anymore, like Ken has pointed out, is the fact that, okay, so now is this like the new thing that they're covering up, like where we're not supposed to know because I guess they finally gave away about the UFO, so that way it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, UFOs now exist. So it's just like, see, I told you. So now we're, it's almost like we're being brainwashed to forget that even happened. And it out. And just a quick Google search, I found the plan. It, it Out of all places, just as of this, history.com, they have an article there about the title Con Plan 888-11 and it is actually the counter zombie protocol. <laughs> oh man. And they have it says quote this plan was not actually designed as a joke unquote. So that goes to show you hmm interesting. Wow. wow. Uh, I, hey. guess, I guess if we're still around in the next uh, 40 years, maybe we might see it in person. <laughs> right. Well, I hope they, in that case, I hope they're slow-moving zombies because, uh, hey, uh, I, my cardio is as bad as Conor McGregor, so <laughs> I don't want to have to be running for more than three miles before I say, you know what? You guys got me. I'm hamburger meat by then. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just trip over people, trip other people over to distract them. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Oh, Hey, that that's one thing about zombie films. There's always the asshole that does the most stupidest thing. And people complain about that asshole. Damn, why did he do that? Why did he push his friend to get eaten so he could escape? And, hey, wouldn't you do that? Yeah, are you calling him an asshole now? But if push comes to shove, you'd probably do the same thing, too. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah, Infected, my opinion, it has nothing to do with the zombie theme that's so something totally separate. Another film franchise that really capitalized was the Rex series. At first, you thought it was an infection. Then they switched it around when Hollywood made their terrible reboot. And they say, you know what? Nah, we, we it's not an infection. They're demons. How about that, Hollywood? Try to try to emulate that idea. <laughs> oh man. Next thing we're going to hear, God will come down and smite them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of reboot, um, so we've 
when was it? Last year, two years ago, we finally got the finale of the live-action Resident Evil. And now they're saying they want to reboot the entire series again. Right. Why? I heard about that. I heard oh, about oh, oh. it. It's, in my opinion, that's called the Alice movie because all it, it's all about Alice. She has who is Alice? Oh yeah, that's right. That's a character just so Jova Milovich could uh shine as the actress because her husband is the director. Oh wait, let's put our daughter into the film too. Oh, now she's the red queen. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> but me- but we all know the director just wants to see his wife fucking naked. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Come on. Really? Where's the character arc? Where is the character development? You cannot create a hero protagonist that is stronger than the antagonist. It just doesn't work. She doesn't get hurt. It's just, ugh. If you want to see a great Resident Evil film, watch the anime film that uh, the, the Japan has released. There's three of them. Great films, and they all complement each other because they focus on the characters from the video game. Yes, I still have yet to see Vendetta, but I was just about to recommend that the animation, the computer graphic images, I should say. Um, but yeah, those those have been well done because I like how they're following the video games as well, in a way. In a oh, way, absolutely. Those are phenomenal games. I advise anyone who really wants to delve into the Resident Evil mythos as a film, check those out. Yes. It's uh, probably available everywhere by now. So just type in uh, Resident Evil Damnation, Degeneration, and Vendetta. But I believe Degeneration was first before Damnation. I believe. Right, but all three of them are great. All three of them. Action. And I'm surprised that Hollywood only came up with Final Fantasy as a full CGI science fiction movie. And if to me, it was a great piece of art, but it's so underrated. Why do we have to have Disney films one behind the other? Um, make a make a great adult-oriented CGI film that has to do with something scary, be it zombies or something something gory. That would be the next best thing, right there. Correct. Correct. Now, I mean, Wreck It Ralph. Really? Do we need to see Wreck It Ralph wreck something again? Come on. I would rather see a zombie eat a, a a zombie apocalypse or something. Something. Give us something, Hollywood. <laughs> I think that's the problem, though. They want to keep remaking old shit that we have already know and then ruin it. Or maybe do a good job, but... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, but so... 
So for the finale thing that I can think of for zombie-wise, though, um, it, it is nice to see the... Oh, speak, actually, no, not for finale, but I forget. We got one more important, probably, thing about zombies that, to talk about, and that is the remastered, or remake, I should say, of Resident Evil 2 that is coming out January from Capcom. They really completely rebuilt Resident Evil 2, and I'm I'm impressed. And I, you know, it. I I have my hopes for it, but I, at the same time, it's just like you know, with the way films are becoming too, with wet down after wet down and stuff. Uh, you know, I gotta keep an open mind. Also, I can't go into it very excited, even though I love Resident Evil 2. I don't know how many hours I played the shit out of that game back in the day. But, um, you know, that, that once again, was the game that got me into Zombie 2, because, you know, that was the slow-moving one with the zombie dogs and the wickers and whatever really the wickers are from, I forget right now, but uh, maybe Ken could uh, verify that. But, uh, you know, that's that that shit scared me back in the day because it's just like, oh, shit, I don't want to open that door because the zombie's going to pop out in my face. And I don't know. I just I just always enjoyed Resident Evil 2 and being and then another game that actually gave a good nod to was um, Raccoon City or Operation Raccoon City. I thought they did a pretty good job because once again, they brought back the. uh you know, the brain-dead zombies on top of some other stuff that we know from the Resident Evil world. And it, instead of playing as the protagonist, we're the, um, the anti-tagonist. And it's just like, you know, now we can see a different uh, point of view of what was also could have been going on on the other side of like Leon Kennedy when the um uh what was it umbrella I think was going after them I believe I I believe that was the umbrella corporation that was going after Leon and Operation Raccoon City but I mean you know that was another great little game did you ever have a chance Ken to play or see anything of that yeah oh I I, I love Resident Evil one two and three it was nemesis that's when i stopped but then capcom said to themselves hey you know what would be a good idea what oh let's put zombies and unlimited ammo and all these weapons Uh, oh wait let's put multiplayer and just forget about survival horror and using your resources and trying to figure about puzzles that people don't want that and what happened resident evil went down tremendously and now you that you mentioned that they coming back remastered didn't they remaster resident evil and now they're doing it with two so in a way it said okay i give applause to capcom remastering old titles to try to get back resident evil fans but at the same time create 
something new with the Resident Evil uh, franchise and go back to survival horror. We don't need the run and gun stuff that we talked about earlier, Call of Duty. We don't need that stuff. The same thing happened with um, Visceral, with Dead Space, Dead Space 1. Wow, amazing. And those are zombies, intergalactic zombies. And Dead Space 2, same thing. Then all of a sudden, let's add shooters. Oh, my gosh. EA killed Dead Space. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I did enjoy playing Dead Space 3 as the second character, because you got to see side stories of that character, and I'll never forget it. I remember me and a friend of mine were playing Dead Space, and we walked into the specific area, and I'm not Isaac Clark. I'm the other guy, which I bring farted on his name because it's been years since I played Dead Space 3. But, um, but yeah, the other guy that's with Isaac and we walk into this room and it's like one of his nightmares or something. And I feel bad for my friend because I'm on the mic on my PlayStation going, dude, do you see this shit? Do you see these nutcrackers? They're fucking staring (laughs) at me. Like, like, are they going to come to life? Like, dude, like, and then of course my friend is starting to think I'm fucking crazy because he can't see the nutcrackers at all. And I'm just like, dude, there's fucking nutcrackers right here. Like, <laughs> they're staring at me. And then, and then you know, we're going around. And the next thing you know, I'm like doing this. And he's like fucking yelling at me because I'm standing still to him. And he's fighting enemies while really I'm like fighting enemies too. So we're, like, both back and forth, like, yelling at each other. I'm fucking killing my own enemy. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm standing <laughs> still. And, it, oh, man. I'm like, you know, I I guess that's what I miss, too, about Dead Space 3, anyway. It's, like, if you have two players, it's amazing to play with, especially if you are playing with somebody who's never seen the second character. And how right. the his story plays out. I mean, you might have something like my story that I just said, where your friend might think you're fucking going cuckoo when you're really not. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's nice and fun. Yeah, that, that was a good introduction to the gameplays, uh, having the co-op. I don't mind someone helping me out. But it's just the action. Action belongs in Call of Duty and Survivor Horror belongs in Survivor Horror. And also, here we go. Intergalactic zombies. That's what made and a great story, too, about how people became zombies. Oh. Um, That's an amazing story. I mean, I got I'm looking behind me. I have one, two, three books from Dead Space. Uh in the artwork, I, I, the only regret that I have is I seen the action figures years ago, and I said to myself, ah, I'm not getting that. Now, those action figures are two, $300 a pop. Ah, I should have right? gotten them. <laughs> right? <laughs> I hear you. Um, I should have. 
Uh, that's like me. Maybe we'll get the Chinese uh, knockoff uh, off of Wish.com. Get the knockoffs from there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you know what's funny now that you mentioned it? Like, uh, Tessa found a living dead doll for Sam from Trick or Treat on Wish. And it's it's crazy, like, how much it is on there compared to what you would find it on uh, Amazon, eBay, you know, that type of stuff here. And it's just crazy. And so I know what you mean. And and for figuring too, Ken, I, that, that was like me when it came to, like, Sweepy Hollow or, like, Gargoyle, like, the TV show Gargoyle. Like, right. You know, figures. Ah, I don't need them. Ah, oh, fuck. Maybe I should have got them. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I think we we extended our conversation here with, with the uh, zombie theme, but in your opinion, Paul, I, I want to pick your brain. What, in your opinion, let's say you're going to do a zombie film or a zombie series, what would be one of the things that you'll put in this project and what are the summer things that you would not like to see well i would definitely have to put it into survival stuff where i would have my protagonist craft sur- uh, survival items not just throw them in infinite ammo and be able to like you know get out of any situation possible i guess i would keep that out like the infinite ammo shit um i guess i would want to try to do something almost like the last of us like you know because that was so good the way they that storyline is and they're not really zombies i don't even know the correct word to even use them besides clickers which I know that's like a fungus thing that's going on, but I would kind of almost do something along the lines of like having a Last of Us story where, you know, you got a craft, that guy is going to go through like hell. And um, even with like some of the old Walking Dead comics, you know, I want to keep it true to the survival horror. I don't want anything like World War Z where the zombies are going to take out a fucking helicopter or climb a wall. Um, I guess I I want to make it more realistic as possible when it comes to well, okay. So if this was me really surviving, and if I had to really defend for myself, what would I really need as a defense thing? I guess is what mm-hmm. I would do. How about you, Ken? Oh, for me, I w- I want character development. Every zombie film, you are introduced to the character and you know they're going to die. You don't want to get personal with them. But I want a zombie film that, okay, we we know he's... that the, The perfect example that you have there that you mentioned was The Last of Us. Character development. We want Joel to save the girl not just because she has the cure but uh, he has that bond because he lost does have that connection there and they show that from the beginning as a video game hmm? 
that scene where you find out Joel fucking loses his daughter, that was probably the hardest thing to watch in that video game. Exactly. Exactly. And that should be made into film, not The Last of Us. I'm saying that particular character development in a zombie film. That's yeah. perfect. And then in, have have them, okay, if they turn into a zombie or they get bitten by a zombie, then we could say, oh, man, really? Why? And you feel that connection. But the shows like The Walking Dead, yeah, you have character development, but at the same time, it's just so dragged out that, oh, okay, all right, the, the little girl kills her <laughs> sister. Okay, let's move it along. What's next for the next episode? It just feels too drawn out. Uh, if if we have it as a film, condensed, short, but articulate, then I'll be a different story. Hmm. Yeah, th- that that's another thing that Hollywood is definitely lacking a lot, is definitely character uh, development. And it's sad because, like you said, when you go into a movie, you want to you want to connect with the character, or at least somebody. And then if you surprise attack them, killing the person that they just got attached to, yeah, I mean, it's going to, uh, you know, it's going to play out, like, in a good way and a not in a great way. Like, you know, it's a good way because you've got the audience to connect with this person. And then it's a bad way because now you're killing them off. And so people are going to do like what they always do best. Complain. <laughs> so. Well, that, that's whose fault is that is the fault of some horror enthusiasts that they support a reboot of Friday the 13th or uh, Halloween comes back. So they, oh yeah, let's go watch this. Uh, No, we don't need that. That's outdated themes or the casual horror viewer that goes to the movies because they want to see a horror film, but they leave complaining that they weren't scared, but that doesn't matter because you just paid for two, three, four tickets so that's what counts. So Hollywood executive says, hey, yeah, look how many sales we got. Let's make another one and another one and another one. <laughs> like they did with Wrong Turn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the first one was great, but don't get me started on the rest of them. That's just, oh, oh my gosh. The last Wrong Turn I saw was the one where they were trying to make it as the prequel or the origin. It was yes. that one. Yes. I, I've seen them all. I don't know why. Don't tell me why. It's not just support. No. I don't know why, <laughs> but I've seen them all. No, I hear you. That would That's like you could say that with me. Uh, why did I see every single fucking Saw movie? But I did not see the Jigsaw one. But I saw the other seven saws. And I'm like, why did I even see these? <laughs> right. And what made Saw so successful was the, the ticket sales. Yes. Gore. People want to see gore. And okay, here you go. Every Saw movie is the same thing. Gore here, gore there. But people fail to realize 
part one didn't have not one drop of blood in it. No, it did not. Yeah, no, it did not. No. It was. It was perceived I... violent. Well, the only quote unquote blood was, um, you know, the quote unquote body that was already there, which that was the most amazing twist of a fucking movie ever, in my opinion. That was the best. That was so (laughs) amazing. I still still remember that scene, even without even watching it. It's just, it was one of those moments in film history where you just go, oh my God. That was a good delivery. And it goes, that film had character development. Yeah. And indeed he did. You connected with um the cop. Everyone, everyone across the board. Everyone. That was that was golden. And then what do we get after that? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't mind Saw 2, and I didn't mind Saw 3, because at least then, the way I look at it is, the first three Saws should have been the trilogy, because that was the end of Jigsaw, especially after 3. And then from 4 to 7, should have just, just, no, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it would have stopped, just part 1 and 2, that's it. But no, they milked it to the point that they was, just didn't make sense. They did it with paranormal activity. Uh, they're doing it with The Conjuring right now. So many spinoffs. And, and uh, they just going to milk it till it's dry. Yeah, what's the other side story they're doing now with The Conjuring world? It's um, the, 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 the Crooked then, Man. Yes. Yeah. Him. Yeah, he's the next one now. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't even know what to say about that, except for, like, what you said. They're just milking it now. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty intense. And I don't know about you, but The Nun was not even, like, the nun just looks like it's dumb as hell. It doesn't even look scary as people are saying it is. And I haven't even seen it yet, nor do I really want to because, you know, I, that's what I hate about the internet, especially with like that Netflix, uh, Veronica film who was directed by the same person who did wreck, which I love wreck. I love wreck one to four. Those were amazing. Even though three really had no point in the storyline, but I liked the nod that they did with in Wreck uh, Four Apocalypse. With the nod for that, if anybody's wondering, is um, if you guys remember the old lady in Wreck Three, she was actually on the ship in Wreck Four, so that was the nod of connecting three to four, really, is that the old lady from three got onto the boat for four. And, yeah, I'll just leave it as that, but um, where was I going with this? Uh, (laughs) 
you know, it's just, it's just, I guess it's just sad. I mean, well, what's, what's your thought? Have you seen Jigsaw, Ken? Did you even see the new one? Yeah, I, no, I haven't seen the new one. Uh, my co-host, Stacy Cox, I believe she did. And I said, okay, the only way they'll bring back Jigsaw is ticket sales were good enough to make it valid for him to come back. If the ticket sales for that film are not as good, they're just going to leave it like a, a one-shot deal. So I have yet to hear an announcement that they're going to continue with that Jigsaw storyline. Well, what if I told you that there was a couple movie deals going on from a couple websites where you could get the new Jigsaw film for five fucking dollars? I wouldn't be too surprised. Already, though. That's what I'm trying to say. Already. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised. Most of most of the horror films that come out of Hollywood are worth five bucks. <laughs> I tell you, you bring up the nun, and th- this is one thing: when when you cover the horror entertainment genre, you're keen on a few things. Like for example, films that release in January, no matter how good the title is, who stars in it, or whatever. Any film that is released in January are films that the film companies, the distribution company or the production company have no faith in whatsoever. That's the dumping ground, January. Why? Because people are have already spent money on the holidays. They don't want to spend any more money for January. It's winter season. Most of the time, it's... Uh, the weather is not so good. People are not going to go from a cold weather outside to air conditioning inside or whatever the case may be. February, it's another month that is not so good to release film. Now, case in point, the last Resident Evil film was released on January. The last underworld film was released in january and also that what was that conjuring film the key was released in january none of them were successful and met uh rave reviews Uh, conjuring yeah i think they were those that's the conjuring there or was it wow i always get them i think it was a conjuring i know insidious had the last key that's the one Right, that's the one. Yeah, I always get them confused. And yeah. and another trick, another trick for uh for for horror films is the uh, the distribution for January is no good. And also, see now now I had a brain fart. I was so wrapped up with elaborating January. I just forgot what I was gonna say here. <laughs> Oh man. Well, while we while you try to figure it out, I guess. Um we'll go into one of my topics real quick and that is the reveal of the poster for the upcoming child play. Oh, movie. Oh. Oh god. Um 
Can you? Can we just put on that poster failure waiting to happen? <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, oh God! I, I am not a child's play fan. I never enjoyed the concept. It's too comical for me. But I, oh, why does it need a reboot? This the the franchise had its demise and. and what what was the other one that that just came out? Curse of Chucky, was it that one? It's on Netflix. Chucky. Come on, Chucky. really? Cult of Chucky, right? Come on, it doesn't have the impact anymore. Yeah, yeah. Good, good move, Hollywood. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, good move. Uh, apparently they they say, oh, I guess. I guess Code of Truck, it did well. It would remake it and piss people off. But it's, we won't it's... bring in the original voice behind Chucky, and he's no longer a quote-unquote good guy. He is now a buddy. Let's uh, throw that into the uh, mix as well. Uh, oh, God. Shoot I, me I, now. I just don't know. Uh, why does everything need a reboot? We had and Halloween now. reboot. We had Friday the 13th reboot. We have Chucky reboot. Come on. We don't need reboots. We need fresh ideas. That's the problem, though. Nobody wants to do... Want, nobody wants original ideas. That kind of goes back to... um. Um, I think a topic that we discussed on either mine or your podcast, Ken, and where I think it was me that brought up the whole crowdfunding stuff, where you take two different campaigns. One is an original idea. One is a fan-made project that, you know, we we know the idea. So it could be Halloween Friday the 13th, or, or even, we'll just say, Sweepaway Camp. Something that everybody knows, right? Now, which campaign do you think is going to get funded the most out of these two? Is it going to be the original, or is it going to be that project that has a title name that we are all familiar with? Hmm, that's a good point. Uh I would say the one that people are familiar with correct. Most, most successful, right? Yeah, correct. You, so here's the thing that I'm trying to get at is like a perfect example was uh, Never Hike Alone, which was probably, in my own opinion, one of the best fan-made Friday the 13th films I've seen ever. And... Yes, I will say I did back it on Indiegogo because, you know what? It deserved it. The guy did, Womp Stomp's film did a good job with the fan-made Friday the 13th. Hell, I'm surprised they could even get away with it, with the lawsuit that's going on, was going on. And, um, but, you know, there was another original idea at the time that I was looking at. And, you know, they weren't getting hit, the hits like Never Hike Alone was. 
Why? It's because everybody knew it was Friday the 13th fan made film and nobody knew what this original idea was. So, you know, it's almost like that thing where do, do I want to put, do I want to risk my, what to say, $35 on a perk for like to get the movie and stuff to not like this original idea versus something that I, I've already seen you like, you know what I mean? Like it, it can go both ways though. Um, and it's, it's very sad with crowdfunding anyway, I think nowadays where I think people might be abusing it way too much. If that makes sense, Ken, but, right. but what is your, what is your, uh, your idea about the crowdfunding stuff? I've I've seen great success uh, with indie filmmakers on on crowdfunding platforms, not Kickstarter. I've seen great success with Seed and Spark, and the other one, oh, which was the other one. But any event, uh, it's all about marketing. And I notice when an independent filmmaker has their film they really hit social media uh, to the point that it becomes almost spam. But they're really showing it. This is what I made. They usually have a trailer or some type of artwork or, or short film to show people, and they just keep at it, at it, at it. So, but it also, once again, two filmmakers starting out with this with two different projects one could be more successful than the other so it's all it's a gamble really until you could figure out that art of how to get funding that is true i've seen a few campaigns where they how do we do any marketing uh they were horrible at giving people updates and because you know, normally with a uh, with a Kickstarter or even Indiegogo, you'll at least get an email of an update, like "Hey, thank you so much." Um, don't forget to share to help spread the word. Um, what's another one that's usually pretty good? Oh, if you uh, <clears throat> for a limited time, if you back the project you'll get this free for any pledge that you do or perk or whatever but you know it it's a constant email thing where they they want to help get the word out and get you to share the word but then there's people where they're quiet they don't make one email and it's almost like uh okay uh you expect that the you want to hit this specific goal but you're not marketing it nor are you giving us updates and it's just falling apart and you're not going to reach your goal right i've seen that with a couple of video games one recently uh was that video game that players take the role of a demon hmm I think I might know which one you're talking about. I just can't. And think the, 
the crowdfunding campaign was a success. I think they surpassed their goal two times over. But when the game released, everyone's oh, it was buggy. The 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 enemies had terrible AI, and everyone was so psyched because the developers behind the game were experienced. They they had great resume, and when the final product was revealed, it was like, what is this garbage that you guys released? Where did our money go? <laughs> Hmm. Um. Yeah, but, I think there's been a couple Kickstarter horror stories too, which is crazy too. Um. Yeah, we we won't go into those either because those those can get pretty shitty. You people spending like two hundred something dollars and. You never hear from the people again oh god yeah it, there's a lot of horror stories with that too uh yeah. anyway what? back back to childhood <laughs> um yeah no that that's a failure waiting to happen and isn't chucky now a robot <laughs> i believe so i haven't even delved into the plot I me either, but I keep I did hear something about uh uh something about Chucky being a robot robotic boy now instead of uh just a regular doll. So it's just like oh great. <laughs> um what else? Uh I don't know. I just I just think if you're not gonna have the the voice of Chucky nor any buddy that we really know or familiar get for well actually you know what we're talking about the doll itself have you even seen the what this new chucky looks like yeah he doesn't look i they kept the same profile of chucky they what what is it that you changed the clothing a bit uh the face the face was definitely the noticeable one yeah, um, I, it's not gonna appeal to modern audiences. It's not. Chuck, this goes for every '80s horror film. Jason, Michael, Freddy, and Chucky, and and Leatherface. They were released at a time that really hit the core of social commentary or the core of horror horror enthusiasts looking for that right chemistry in a horror film you cannot bring back none of these guys because it doesn't apply we're in an age right now that everyone wants instant gratification we are on social media we need something that relates to the times that we're living in correct and a killer doll is not going to work it's not it's not and the same way the halloween film that just got released didn't work it doesn't work anymore and i'm i have yet to hear those supporters of the halloween film to say yeah you're right the movie was terrible 
I've I've heard sprinkles that the movie it was terrible. But for those supporters that were waiting for the movie to be released, they have kept quiet all this time. Yep, they did. They did. Which, uh, speaking of Halloween, you can now pre-order it on Amazon for the movie. You can. There's already pre-orders up for the new one. Um, I will say that Halloween 2018 should have just been called H40. Exactly. Um, what else can we do to rip this the threads? Uh, let's see. What the fuck was going on at the beginning? Why did it take 40 years to get ready? Um, how did Michael... Well, they kind of answered it a little bit. But really, if anybody remembers the original Halloween, where when Michael Myers goes out of the window onto the ground with the doctor looking down at him, and then he walks away for two seconds and walks back down, and Michael is gone. Where, where, within that time frame, after he got up and left, did he get arrested to get put into the mental hospital, or mental asylum, I mean, which was about now 40 years into the thing, and... So, I guess what I'm confused about is, so, it literally took 40 years now, because, you know, all the other Halloweens don't exist at the moment, except for the original. It's just like, so, we waited 40 years just for this. Like, it's pretty much a killing spree of body counts. Which, what what was the count? I think I said 16 people. I know I was keeping track of how many people were, were dying. And it almost seemed to be almost the same kills over and over. You know, the knife through the throat. Knife through the throat. Oh, look, here's a nod to the original. Oh, look, here's another nod to the original. Oh, that was kind of cool, but now this is the comedy, I guess. What's going on <laughs> with this? Um, hey. Oh, look, this guy just got impaled. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the whole, the whole hype behind that was because John Carpenter was behind it. I don't care who was behind the film. Hey, you have the same director for Alien bringing back from Alien and Prometheus what is this shit? I don't want to. So what? I don't care who's behind the film. I don't want to see this again. But everyone was so psyched. Oh my gosh, John Carpenter is producing whatever. This do we really need a slasher film where I don't know he's just killing everybody that's in his path? And oh wait, there's a female protagonist. She's strong. She's gonna beat him. We know she's going to beat him. She's the female fucking protagonist. No shit. There's no surprise there. Wow. It was such a template that when the movie was over after I seen watched it, I was like, okay, so where's the hype? Where was it? Did I miss it? Let me watch it again. Nope, I missed nothing. There's no hype here. <laughs> 
Yeah, you did see it twice, didn't you? <laughs> I saw it twice. Of course I saw it twice. Uh, uh, every film I watch, I watch it more than once just to get, you know, you watch it once for the entertainment and then you watch it a second time and you want to see this the end of psychology behind the characters. There was no psychology behind none of these characters. They were so uh, predictable. It was a cookie cutter. That's a perfect word to describe these characters. Cookie cutter. And I agree. Wait, so this guy, he's in jail for, he's in a mental institution for 40 years. He manages to escape and somehow he has superhuman strength. Wow. That's, I, I want to know his exercise regimen. Seriously. <laughs> he drinking that milk, man. He got that milk going. <laughs> oh, shoot. I tell you. I, I, don't get me wrong. The cinematography was nice in, the, in, in, in this film. But, okay, they had the same exact ending as Texas Chainsaw, which you could find in the sequel to the strangers the same ending what was what were they thinking uh, now see i didn't know about the strangers i haven't seen that movie because i to me that looks okay i hear great things about it i don't hear great things about the sequel do though uh pray at night i think it's called right. Right. Um, yeah, so once again, that just shows pe- people are running out of ideas. If they got to copy an ending for multiple movies, then there's, there's really no hope in the originality anymore. In this case, it wasn't even original because, like I said, it should have been called H4O, but right. I mean, I don't know. I guess it was just the same thing. Didn't Michael Myers escape uh, in an accident, in a bus accident? Wasn't that in part one, part two? Come on. It's the same thing again. Uh, Then he goes to town. The only difference in this film is that Laurie is not his brother, uh, her sister. And he just goes into random people's houses and kills them. Why? Why just... It just doesn't make sense. It has no style. There's no style. You create a serial killer as, as in a slasher film. He has to have style and he has to have reason. Um, I was told that John Carpenter wanted to create a killer that just he's just a killing machine. Okay, that works. But why? Why does he do it? What is his motivation? Mike. Um, Jason does it for revenge. Uh, Freddy does it because he's a pedophile. And Chucky's Chucky do it again. I I forgot. What's his motivation? (laughs) Get out of the body. Yeah. Get out of the body. Get out of the dog body. Oh, so he's he's he has a complex. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to be stuck at all. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the idea was that 
he wanted uh to cheat death. Cheat death, but he also wanted um what's her face to have the baby because oh, uh let's not get into that. How does Chucky pro uh have sex and has a child? Let's not even get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is what to say. This is before scene of Chucky. We're talking before he went into the body, though. <laughs> um, because uh, what would what would the lady's name that was pregnant that he was all over trying to say like have the baby for for up and fertility? Yes, and um, oh God, just no. That that scene of Chucky wasn't even a horror. It was a fucking comedy. And I also hear rumors that we're we're gonna be seeing the he she again. Uh Gwendola, whatever the name is. Oh god. Oh, we're gonna be seeing her him whatever it again. Um in a future movie apparently, from oh, what god. I understood. But yeah. I don't know how much worse it can get than that but okay um yeah yeah but for this halloween it's just it's if you've seen one halloween halloween you've seen them all and that ending it remind me of the ending with what who was in it ll kuje i think it was oh no coolio one of those, there was a rapper in it, and he died the exact same way. Well, supposedly died. They didn't, Michael Myers will always escape. He's fucking Houdini. But I said, wait a second. I just saw that ending in whatever other Halloween that was that he got caught and this thing happened. And how? What? What? Oh, God. That wasn't. I hope they didn't make another one. What a resurrection, was it? I know one of the rappers were in there, either Coolio or Angel Puja. Got killed by Michael Myers. You're saying yes to resurrection, you think? Yeah, Tetra's shaking her head yes to resurrection. Buster. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask yeah. me how I know that. Yeah, so, there, so there's the answer, Ken. There's, that's the one. He died the same way in, in Resurrection. There you go. <sighs> yeah, and that's... Oh, no, wait, no, wait. That was H2O, I think, when they finally killed Wari. And then Resurrection like, brought, her, brought her back. Something... No, they, I, did, no, they wait. did some sort of, like, like um, television thingy or whatever they videotaped going into his house or some shit like that i forget like that's the one readings yep okay so that's the one yep the one yep yep but yep. so now it became found footage <laughs> 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 we're over again oh wait wrong movie um <laughs> well you know what that makes sense now it must have been michael meyer down at the bottom of the basement in Blair witch that was standing in that corner <laughs> That could be it. That could be it. Uh, uh, Michael Myers was my favorite serial killer uh, archetype, but horror genre, yeah. It's all right. Put put the put that idea on the shelf. Uh, 
please just don't do it again. John Carpenter, do something else. Find well, something and do it. Well, original. They're already planning the next Halloween movie. I'm so, not surprised. Which this brings up this qu- next question that I have now. So, Ken, because of the ending of Halloween 2018, right, this movie was supposed to be the final confrontation between Michael and Laurie. So, so if we're going to be getting another Halloween movie, are we not going to be seeing Laurie in this? Because if not, then how can we do that? Like, how can we... Get that ending of Halloween 2018 to not bring her back. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has already stated that the only way she would do another Halloween is if the same director did it again. That would be the only way. Hmm. Well, let's see what happens. But, of course, money talks. So she could say that now, but if the paycheck is hefty... I'm sure she's going to say otherwise. I don't think the paycheck's going to be hefty, especially when Halloween has already made close to, what was it, um, 100 mil, if not more. That's it? Wow. I I was reading. When Halloween came out, all these news outlets for horror were praising the weekend box office sales for two weeks in a row. But I said, okay, guys, that's cool. Where is your review on Halloween? What is your opinion on Halloween? I don't care about the box office sales. How was the plot? Do you think these characters were well developed? Not a not a word. Um, Jamie, I don't know how the second part for this Halloween is going to be. I don't know. Is Michael Myers died? How the hell does he escape that? He died. You cannot say there was a back door. You can't say that he broke down a wall and walked out. We clearly see that he became toast. <laughs> How yeah. is he coming back? Doesn't make well, sense. I will say again that like me and Tessa did, talked about when we wrote our review for Halloween for our, our website and it was we liked the house. We liked what uh, Jamie Lee Curtis when she played as Walree what she did with the, the what, what we call the trap house. We don't even call it a house. We just called call it the trap house because it was very well made with how she set up the whole, each room had its own gate that came down to lock Michael Myers in the room if he was in there. And plus, with the um, propane, here, I'll say. Here, here's, my, here's my theory about what she was doing. As she was going room to room and she was sealing it off, she was putting him in the direction she wanted him to go. She didn't want to give him any place to hide. She was luring him downstairs to the basement on purpose. So she was sealing off every room that 
she didn't find him in to put him where she wanted him. True, but in each room, though, they had the um, the pipe that gave the propane. So no matter what room he was in, mm -hmm. it would have sparked the uh, explosion anyway with the um, dynamite thing that she had, which that was cool. That was cool. The only other thing I liked about the Halloween was the soundtrack. And Tessa can back me on this, too, and I think Ken can now, too, is that I love soundtrack. And I think how this Halloween track soundtrack was pretty good, even though, you know, it, it's just like a Halloween soundtrack, but there was some nice additions, as I may say, to the uh, score, which we kind of don't hear from the other Halloween soundtrack that we hear. I mean, kind of like going back to like what Ken said, if you... But I'm going to reword it, which is, Ken was saying, if you watch one Halloween movie, then you know the fucking story. It's just like, if you listen to one Halloween CD of a soundtrack, then you know the fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I hope they don't make another one. I hope. No. But that's just me. Uh, as soon as the announcement comes out, you're gonna hear everybody come out the woodwork and say, "Yeah, all right, yeah," and then they're gonna be as silent. <laughs> what are you talking about? People already are praising the next one already. They're like, "Oh my yeah. god, this was like the best one yet." Uh, what else had people said? Um, this this beat the original. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Get out of here. How, how did this beat the original when this is the fucking 40 years after the original? <laughs> God. Just, oh, it God. just oh. it has no merit whatsoever. People, people amaze me every day when it comes to the horror community. <laughs> it, it does. It does. And, uh, it it the the those who praise this film yeah. okay it's it's cool it's a slasher all right but it's not up to par on where it should with all the hype behind it i was expecting something darker more development with the character i didn't want to see cookie cutter and a guy walking around killing everybody if, come on, I'll just watch every other Halloween or Friday the 13th. It's, there's no value there whatsoever. Give me something different. I want something different. So what did you think of the comedy in the Halloween? What did you think of the comedy? I heard about, I heard about, you're not the first one to mention the comedy aspect. I think I was so watching it. I was, it just didn't occurred to me that there were comedic elements in the film i i'm watching this film and uh, what what am i watching that's the first thing that came to my head uh, in the mid part where he's he drives to the gas station and he takes the first two victims i said to myself okay 
And what is this again? What am I watching? Oh, okay. Seems, I don't know, the hills have eyes type of thing going here. Come on. No, it, it just didn't work. Well, somebody, I did read somebody's review. It was actually the first review that I read where they actually tore the film up. I forget who the website is at the moment, but they tore up the movie. And one of the things that they noted was how come those reporters did not see Michael Myers beating up that the guy that was behind the court uh, the counter and um and then how come they didn't hear the guy that was in the garage getting killed within the time frame that he would put it in the gas and the lady went to the bathroom so the first thing females are so particular of where to use the restroom at that woman should not be sitting in no dirty ass toilet seat whatsoever it no no that right there as you would have said you know what this place is too filthy let's go uh, to a hotel and that's it they would not have been killed let's just take it like that <laughs> um yeah and then the one that the one part that really was getting annoying to me was the Ken you're gonna have to help me with this one it was the school dance right that was going on where uh the guy that would the kid or teenager whatever was dressed up as the devil that was trying to make a move on Laurie's daughter and right, right. he said some weird comment that was trying to be funny and I remember shaking my head going is this supposed to be a fucking comedy or is this supposed to be a horror movie because I'm confused now and right. uh, I don't know I mean I think the one thing that I wish too was that we heard that Nick Castle, the original shape, was coming back. I kind of wish he had more parts for Michael than just the part that I only heard that he was in, which was the part where Michael Myers was outside and he tilted his... He did that infamous tilted head part. And that's supposedly all Nick Castle shot. Because because there was the other guy that played Michael that did everything else. So I just kind of wish that if you're gonna bring back the original shape, he should have at least had a bigger role. Yeah. So if you're gonna have the original shape, which it was Nick Castle, at least give him more parts because he was the shape, not uh, what's the new guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the you got yeah, you Michael. <laughs> well, you, well, you know it's sad when, when, when the hype train was going on with that movie, is that all you heard was Nick Castle, Nick Castle. You didn't even ever hear anything about uh, the new guy. It was always Nick Nick Castle, and so I'm so I'm thinking to myself, oh, 
Nick Castle is going to be back in his row. And then later on, you find out, oh, he's only just in that one scene where he does his infamous uh, head turn, and that's it. Yeah. And like I was saying, uh, it doesn't make sense. We're talking about a film that is entertainment value. We take it at heart. Uh, we can't nitpick on what if scenarios because it's fiction. And before I got, in, I was comparing Halloween to Chinese food. And Chinese food is great. Chinese food tastes great. And, but, just like Halloween, it pacifies the the appetite. But guess what? 10, 15 minutes later, you're hungry again. So you got to eat something else. Yeah, that's what Halloween is. It pacifies the hunger for a, a slasher film. But once you leave the theater, you're like, okay, I want to see something more, much better. Something that would really get my palate going. And I'm going to put a pun on this, on what you were just saying about Chinese food, because Tessa and I had Chinese food last night, so there's a pun intended. (laughs) So good, though. Uh, Yes, it is so good. But I just thought it was funny that he had to bring up Chinese, and then I'm like, oh, this could get interesting, because it's like a pun intended now, because we had Chinese last night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about but, to get Chinese bus. <laughs> there you go. But it's 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 perfect. That I compare Halloween to Chinese food. Amazing. Sure. That's, that's that's it. That's it. Unless you go to those all you can eat buffets, then it's a different story. You'll be full for quite a while because you just stuffed your face with everything. Yep. Which those can be very bad at the same time because you don't want to stop eating because Chinese is so good. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love I love me some Chinese food. I have one in particular. Always good. I I even gave it a, a, my own name to the dish. I call it the Ghetto Valley Meal. And the Ghetto Valley Meal is half a chicken with pork fried rice and a shrimp roll. That's the Ghetto Valley Meal because over here it's kind of cheap. They went up in price a couple of dollars, but it's still fairly cheap. Me and Tessa like the whole uh, sesame chicken with fried rice and the egg roll. Yeah, pork fried rice, yeah, with the egg roll. That's what we like. And that's about 10 bucks here. 15 bucks for the two of us. Yes, there you go. Not bad. That's not bad at all. No. But I wonder what's right. My, the cats, our cats, they love to eat what we what we have on a plate. But when I give them the piece of the pork from the pork fried rice, they smell it, and they, you know, like they pass their paw over it, like if they did something in the kitty litter, they scratch the floor. So I'm saying, what do you smell that I don't smell that you think that you need to cover it up? <laughs> what? I don't know. That always bugs me out. I don't know. <laughs> um, our our cat Obi likes to cover his food like a dog. And um, what else does he like to do? He uh, he cries because he thinks he's skin and bone when he's not. 
and he liked to try to he liked to come up to you if you're eating something like chicken or whatever but he'll stare at you and like kind of like you know have that beg face but as soon as you give him the food that you're trying to eat like chicken will say he won't eat it for some weird reason <laughs> it's like um so you're making me waste my food and yet here you are like staring at me right yeah our cat does the same thing too uh one of our cats he when he smells something spicy on the food which is for me of course because i put peppers or whatever he shakes his paw uh that's his indicator that says hey this is too spicy for me he just smells it shakes his paw and walks away but my wife could be the eating the same thing with no hot sauce or nothing and he'll just eat it off like <sighs> nothing so uh, the, the cats have character i tell you yeah cats cats have their own personality that's for sure which our vet yesterday complimented cinder's personality Said he had quite the personality that he was a lover. <laughs> Which is <He's> good. <laughs> good, because that's exactly what I need in a in a you know, an emotional support therapy animal. Right, right. Well he had to get a shot yesterday, so Tessa held him, right? And he gets the shot. And you know how most cats are, they're kinda of like, What the fuck was that? No, not Cinder. <laughs> He was just like, oh, hey, play with me. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> so he he never once, like, acted like he, you know, hated the vet. <laughs> he was just more. He was, very, he was very, like, nonchalant and relaxed and, like, laid back about it. And it's pretty funny because you don't you normally see. Cats do that, Cats really. do that especially ours. Especially at a vet. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, yeah. So, I won't change my subject, which is they should have just called it H4O. And um, if you guys want to check out my our review that we did, just go to our website at ehpodcast.com, and you should be able to find our Halloween review there. Uh, Ken, did you guys at DK ever do a review for the movie too? No, uh, I think the the film killed my brain cells, and I couldn't write for like two days after that. Uh, so no, we did not jump on on this film uh, and write a review. There's so many other films out there that kept us busy, though. I'm covering, I think. No, as a matter of fact, we had to go to the Women in Horror Film Festival, and we're still dealing with covering that event, getting everything together. You had a really good time with that, from what I saw. So that's awesome. That was a great event. I recommend it to anyone who wants to go to their first film festival. That that would be the one. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, Ken, anything else that you want to say for Halloween before we uh, quote the book on that one? No, uh, we could close the book, bury it, and wait another 40 years for the next uh, installment for that film to surface. 
Uh, oh, we God, might... and then you're going to unearth that dinosaur time capsule? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. The horror. John Carpenter. John Carpenter, I think they'll clone him just to produce that next one. Oh, gee, though. Well, as long as Jamie Lee Curtis get the same director, we'll see her again. If not, it doesn't sound like we'll see her in the next one, which, like I pointed out earlier, I don't know how that's even possible because it's a. am so confused with the movie again, like I said, with the final confrontation between Michael and Laurie, and it ended up just being a rehashed version of H2O and as you're saying, like this ending with the strangers and uh Texas Chainsaw and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's just I just don't understand then why we um got told this is supposed to be the final confrontation when it's not. It's they're clearly doing a fucking sequel to it. What people are now calling this sequel Halloween three Oh, anyway, um. <laughs> that, that's going to be another title. Um, for the last topic that I have for this is the upcoming sequel to a video game, which is Layers of Fear. There is a trailer out right now for Layers of Fear 2. It looks interesting from what the trailer has given uh giving us a glimpse of what we're going to be dealing with. And for those that may not know, the first game, Layers of Fear, dealt with a disturbing artist who uh, painted with crushed up child bones and blood and uh, a couple other things that I don't recall right now. But it's one of those games where you're just like, what? (laughs) Like, what am I even playing? And why are we in this house? But then you find out you're playing at the daughter of the father that you're trying to recollect old memories and finish the painting, I guess. And um, so, but now with Layers of Fear 2, I guess we're going to be following a disturbed actor, I guess. So, and it looks like we're going to be going on a ship and a theater. So that's all I know so far. And it looks pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if Ken has much he can say about where the fear too, but, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it whenever it comes out next year. So Ken, what about you? What can you say about where the fear? I have not played the game Layers of Fear. I've seen it. I've seen the trailers for the first one. I haven't seen the trailer for the second one. I know the of the concept for Layers of Fear. I find it to be very interesting. But I just need the time to sit down and play video games. I have zero time at all. It's 24 hours goes so fast in a day. For DK Mag, yes, it does for you. You're always busy, which is a good thing. Yes, it is. I enjoy it. But I wish because that's one area that we are lax in. Uh, 
which is covering video games. And in order to cover video games, you have to sit and play with the video game. And video games, such as Layers of Fear, is you need to sit there for a good four to six hours to solve the puzzles and do the missions and whatever else that you need to do before you say, okay, I have enough data to get a full-fledged review. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I just can't wait. I, I really enjoyed Layer of Fear. I love the environment. Um, I'm not sure, if, Ken, if you're familiar with the environment, too, how it changes around, where one minute you could be looking at a, a really small room, and then you turn around, and then you're looking at a fucking long hallway. I don't know if you're familiar with the, any of that type of gameplay of it, but the environment yes. changes, which I loved. Could it make you think you're going crazy or there's some type of uh, telekinetic, tele, um, maybe not that, but maybe like there's, like there's definitely like a time time uh portal thing going on or there's something going on where why were you just disappearing must be the weather we must be getting the the bad thing or going to be it must be so yes ken just left note to myself ken just left so go back and start doing it that disconnected again, but I did catch it. Uh, the game that best described that you just dis- re- referring to with this scenery change would have to be um, um, oh shit, what is the name of that? Uh, it just came out. Fuck. That survival horror game, it just came out this uh, last year, as a matter of fact. Holy shit. I have a brain fart. We're not speaking evil within. The evil within. Yes. That's the one. I see. I was about to type in uh, in Google. That's the one. There's one scene that the protagonist is walking and all of a sudden everything changes around him and he goes, he looks behind him and the hallway's dark and the paintings are crying and all this stuff. That is genius because it makes it bridges the gap between the supernatural and psychological and to incorporate that in a video game is makes it so surreal i love those type of visuals yeah it's almost like a uh a crack between reality and the unknown and it, it worked out really well, but in this case, with the evil within, you are in the unknown. You're in the um the what what the hell did they call it? The stem system. So it it's a world created by the evil corrupted company that is also escaping my brain right now. But 
they made it so that they could, you know, control people's minds in a way. I mean, look at the DLC in the first game with uh, Kidman. Whatever she did, she was always being watched by that guy that you didn't know who he was until the very end. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he was always watching her step. And it's just one of those things where he would, she was controlled no matter what. It just came down to being controlled. And same with Kidman. She, she would walk through a door and the uh, scenery would change to like the playground where, um, Oh, God, why am I having a brain fart right now? Because uh, <laughs> we need Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Where, you know, the kid that they're trying to get him. <laughs> like, he's out there losing his mind, and he's even repeating himself. And Ruvik, there we go. Okay. And, uh, well, maybe that's not the kid's name, but that's the the enemy's name. But we all know who I mean by Ruvik. So I'm just going to say Ruvik for now because that kid's name is definitely uh, out of my brain right now. But, yes, it's kind of like that. Yes. Mm. But in the video game Layers of Fear, it's not first person or third person. How is it? Uh, first. first person, yep, and you're just solving puzzles throughout the entirety of the game. No Correct. bosses or shooting or nothing like that. Not really. Like I said, there was like a really one weird part in the DLC where you had to pick up the quote-unquote knight sword to sway the monster that was roaming around this one specific area. But it was like the whole area was like cardboard or something. So it wasn't really like a enemy, per se. It was like one of those storytelling things. Ah. Yeah. I've I've seen survival horror move away from the strong soldier character or strong protagonist and the protagonists that the players control are regular people uh they could be a toddler stuck in his dream to someone that is dealing with a psychological trauma and they're stuck in their mind that i find it to be very well executed and uh that's what's really changing survival horror in the indie scene. Uh, not so much for the major labels like EA and the other one. They still stuck in that other era that you need a gun to shoot all the zombies or whatever. And I got to try Layers of Fear. You had mentioned that Steam may have a Black Friday sale. I may pick it up. and Okay, that's one thing. I could buy it, but where's the time to play <laughs> Right before you go to bed. <laughs> right, right, right. That's or you can always idea, right? just 
move your sleep time to play in game time. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Uh, I tell you, when I used to play Left 4 Dead, that would be the case. I would be up to three o'clock in the morning, and then I would have to go to work the nine to five. I'd wake up at six. Oh my god, those were the days. Those were those were sounding like the days. I remember coming home from work at ten o'clock at night or eleven at night and playing games all the way up to three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and then go to bed and then get up around eleven o'clock noon, get ready for work and do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we are living in, in a different era. Uh, we're talking about a few years ago from Left 4 Dead. And now you have gamers on YouTube and Twitch and all these other platforms that that's what they do. They wake up and play the games and get paid for it. So it's 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 wonderful and interesting in a way how video games have just changed the landscape across the board. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, for anybody that ha- does get a second like Ken here, if you have not played Wayer to Fear, I would definitely recommend it. It is a nice story from, uh, a pretty well-known company and, you know, Boober team anyway. They're pretty known for a couple other games as well. And I just I just hope with Layers of Fear 2, they keep somewhat of the same stuff that we got to see with Layers of Fear. But it almost looks like they stepped up their game a little bit with Layers of Fear 2. Because you kind of see it in the trailer. So, it'll be really fun, and I can't wait for uh, Layer of Fear 2 when that comes out next year. I may may pick that one up. It looks good. It looks interesting. And I like a good story. Storytelling and video games, that's one thing I look for. I don't look for the shooting or whatever. I need story and a character. Yes, we need to engross within the character of why we should like this character, why we should feel bad. Speaking of characters, so did you ever get a chance to try out The Conjuring House? Yes, I did. And unfortunately... uh at certain levels of the game, I just stopped playing. At certain levels of the game, it just crashes and I can't continue. So I am unsure what is the problem there. But the little that I did play, I enjoyed it. It, I just got to get used to that first person view. I'm used to seeing the character. So even if it's just... Oh, even if it's over the shoulder, like in death, dead space, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the creep factor is there. I like the environment. It's just, I don't know, for some reason, it keeps crashing. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, 
Another one that you should check out, Ken, if you ever do get a chance, is Vidge. That's a definitely another one I would recommend. Is Vidge. Mm. Um, everybody should know that by now that we or I backed it back in Kickstarter days, and I still can't wait for it. After playing the uh, early access that we can get our hands on right now. So, and it looks phenomenal, and they have an Easter egg for Silent Hill 4 in it, too, which was amazing, and I think a lot of people will appreciate this game once it actually does come out. So, I can't wait. But, back to you, Ken, real quick, about The Conjuring House. The one thing I will say about that game is, and I don't know how far you are to really, if you got the idea down, but I felt Conjuring House, after watching some people who play it, it almost seemed like it was a hunt for the key or hunt for the item type of game. There was always something, a key or something you had to find. But then again, yeah. yeah. So I don't know where you are to say, do you feel like that, or have you not gotten that far where you feel like this is like a key hunting game? Yeah, I, right away I knew it was one of those um, hunting for the clues type thing, uh, nothing extravagant. Uh, that's basically what I, even before playing the game, I knew it was going to be like that. But for some strange reason, like I said, it just keeps crashing and yeah, whatever. Once that it happens, I'm like, all right, whatever. On to the next project. Well, I hope that the uh, studio will put out a patch for it or something. I'm surprised they still haven't yet. I know if you haven't seen it, but um, I hope one day you'll be able to continue it. And I'm looking forward to your view and article on it when that day comes. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I I need to I need to get back on that and and yeah, I love Steam. Uh, you could find so many indie horror games on there that I was Are so bad, shitty, awesome. Yeah, to the mix. <laughs> yeah, that too. But you don't find those games on Xbox or PlayStation. I was like, okay, all right, this is the place to be here. Well, you need not a good. I'm gonna throw in that not yet for the console thing that you just said. Not yet, but console is a pain in the ass to get a game on, I will say. Yeah, they have to port this more uh, programming and all these other things that goes along with it. Yes. But, okay, Ken, that's about it that I have. If there's anything else you have, this is the time. Otherwise, thank you for helping me out with this um, discussing of uh, what would have been a round table, but it was quite fun, entertaining. I hope everybody here enjoyed it as well. If not, I'm so sorry for wasting your time, I guess. But I wish you had fun <laughs> talking and hearing about the zombies at the beginning. That was fun. <laughs> zombies. That That is a classic right there. Classic. You cannot go wrong with a good zombie storyline. For video games, but for film, ugh, that's a different story. Hollywood got to get their act together. 
because it seems like the foreign market know what to do with that type of character. That true. That is true. But then again, with a zombie outbreak thing, you 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 have the uh, potential of making it go a lot of ways. It's just finding the right formula. It's I guess like like wh- how we were talking earlier about dying light. R- when it hits nighttime, you're pretty much fucked if <laughs> you do not have the right. Uh, equipment and weapons and stuff, you're pretty much going to get your ass handed to you unless you somehow make it to a safe room. So, um, but I mean, I just hope we see a little bit more different type of zombie approach too in the future when it comes to film-wise. Maybe Maybe somebody just needs to go back and, oh my god, that just reminds me. We're going to go back to the zombie topic now. And because <laughs> because of that, it's going to be real quick, but I'm somewhat excited that George Romero's son is making a prequel to Night of the Living Dead. I'm oh in- yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I am very interested in it, but I the only problem with that is what can you do? I mean, if you're gonna, especially when you're making a prequel or a sequel, I'm pretty sure pre- prequel to a beloved classic. I don't know really what you can do with and. The only other thing I want to know is, is he keeping it black and white? That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what type of information there really is out there. I haven't really been on it, on it, but I have seen like, okay, yes, it is happening. It's going on. Uh, George Romero's son is doing it, and it's a prequel, apparently, or sequel. I know it's one of those, but I, I'm just find it interesting. But yeah, that's my one last thing for the zombie topic. <laughs> I promise. Well, if they do it, I hope they do it right. And even if the zombies are slow walking cannibal corpses, uh, it'll be intriguing because you, you. The Living Dead series were hit and miss, but each of them had a social commentary. Even uh, Diary of the Dead it had a social commentary that had to do with so- uh, social media. So, even I though it like wasn't successful, but they each told us their own unique story. Yeah, I enjoyed Diary of the Dead. It was very interesting how they how George created and created something like that. I, I thought it worked out anyway. I mean, yeah, look at the other one that that was going what that they made, uh, Diary of the Cannibals. I think it was called, <laughs> which was uh, interesting, Diary I guess. Or Diary of the Zombies. I forget. Diary of the Dead. 
Yeah. I know Diary of the Dead, but then they had another one that was like Diary of the Zombies or Diary of the Cannibals or something. Anyway, Ken, thanks so much. Um, unless there is, like I said, anything else that you need to add now at the time. Otherwise, where can we find DK Mag? DK Mag. We're, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest at DK Mag. D-E-C-A-Y-M-A-G. I always got to emphasize that we are DK Mag, not DK Magazine or DK or the word DK. I, it just surprises me why people think we are DK Mag. Anyway, or visit our website, dkmag.com. Awesome. And you guys can find the Everything Horror Podcast pretty much on everywhere, too. We started Pinterest, too, but uh, I'm having Tessa do that, and she's kind of slacking on that. <clears throat> but that's okay. Slacking? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so make sure that you check out Pinterest. I don't even know. Thanks, actually, Tessa is here. Tessa, how where how can people find us on Pinterest? Let's pull it up. You just search you you like you type in the search bar everything horror podcast. Okay, so then just type in everything horror podcast and there you go. You can type in everything horror podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Otherwise, all the links and more can be found at ehpodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for joining. Ken, thank you once again, and um, we'll have to meet up again soon again so we can talk more of other upcoming stuff that is happening, and hopefully we can get more people next time to do a roundtable instead of this two-man discussion thing, which was nice, don't get me wrong, but it's also good to also get other people's input for other things. Kind of like if we had Steven here from Possessed Radio, because we all know the famous question that he liked to be asked, which is, how did Michael Myers learn how to drive? Drive, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay scary.